news, opinion, insights. This is Talking Mighty, the social media podcast by Mighty Social. Visit our website at mightysocial.tech. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Talking Mighty, the social media podcast brought to you by the fine people at Mighty Social. I'm hoping this will be another insightful and entertaining podcast. Um, and this today, we're all talking about social commerce. It seems to be a bit of a buzzword around social at the moment, certainly towards the back end of last year. It's always fascinated us uh, how social media, it continues to adapt and evolve to the changing consumer trends. Over the past 20 years or so, we've seen a huge shift from simple text-based updates to increasingly visual and ephemeral content led by the likes of Instagram, Snapchat, uh, and now TikTok, obviously. Um, marketers all over the world are obviously well-versed in um, using social to reach potential buyers um, with the hope that they'll eventually click through to their website and make a purchase. But now e-commerce teams have social commerce as an additional weapon in their arsenal to, uh, to help secure those sales and engage with their customers. Uh, it's already prevalent in China. Uh, they've, been, they've been on the ball for a long, long time. Um, e-commerce was forecast to generate nearly, I, I don't actually know what the number is, but it's 2,800 billion. Is that a trillion? I'm not sure, guys. You might have to help me out on that one. But yeah, $2,800 billion in sales in 2021. Um, and you know the Western world is is slowly catching up as well. Um, there's more and more brands looking at Facebook shops, Instagram shopping ads, and you know TikTok lives and things like that as a way of as a way of selling products. Um, so obviously there's a lot of complexities. So I think this is a good time to bring in our guests for today. First off, Victoria, welcome back. You're becoming a little bit of a co-host. I'm enjoying this. Hi Ali, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. It's a Friday, we're recording on a Friday and the sun is out after the torrential downpour we had this morning, certainly where I was, the sun oh, is out and, uh, and spirits are high, so that's all good. Uh, next up we have Jasmine, or Jazz, as I like Hi. to call her. Um, <laughs> Jazz is one of our social media managers here at the agency, uh, truly at the coalface of social media marketing. She spends all of her time working with clients and with brands um, to fine tune and implement their social media strategies. And last but by no means least, our fearless leader, Joel. Welcome Joel to the podcast. So happy to have you here. It's great to be here too, Alistair. <laughs> how's how's uh, life in the Joel household? How is your dog? I know your dog had to, had to have an unfortunate procedure the day. Is, is, is it okay? She's, she's a little sad, but, but she'll get stronger. Good. Good. <laughs> Excellent. So social commerce, the industry defines it in a very specific way. But Joel, how would you define social commerce in your, in your opinion? The social commerce really is a subset of e-commerce. If you think about the, the whole experience of buying something online, um, e-commerce would cover everything from potentially an ad search all the way to the website and the conversion. Uh, social commerce is, is the element that social media plays a role in that whole funnel, that whole e-commerce process. So it generally starts with something in social um, and can have different elements through it from retargeting even purchase within social so it's it's a fundamental part of the e-commerce um, 
funnel in that and and where social fits in so that's that's how we see it um and from what we've seen over the last few years is that the social commerce part of the e-commerce mix is becoming more and more important the more users are spending time on social and realizing um what social can do for them jazz what sort of platforms are you working on at the moment or and you're working with your clients in terms of um, shoppable social content what sort of platforms are, are out there and available yeah so i think the obvious ones are probably stuff like facebook and instagram but then more recently you have tiktok and pinterest pinterest is not something i know tons about but tiktok is definitely one that i find super interesting because of how it's just evolved so crazily over the last year tiktok's a really interesting one i think because it's like it's one of those we've, we've talked about tiktok on literally every single podcast we've done and i don't think we a day goes by then in the social media world that tiktok isn't mentioned and it we said in the ver we said a while back that it's like this new kid on the block this new kid at school that's come in and is like the now the cool kid and all the other all the previously popular kids are all like looking over their shoulder going well, what happened like what, what happened to me i thought i was the cool one and it's kind of apt i suppose that tiktok is almost le is pretty much leading the way in this world of social commerce specifically you know the, the way they combine several different strands of social media strategy with you know from influencers um using influencers to do live uh, videos that has shoppable content on it it's sort of like ticking all three boxes of different strands of social strategy um, yeah it's definitely like taking the best bits that they've seen on instagram and on facebook and basically just doing their own twist on it um mm. but in a much more probably successful way i would probably say but Victoria, you love Facebook, don't you? You you you're always a, you you champion Facebook in term, in these terms. Yeah, I think Facebook is still very sophisticated in its social commerce offering. Um, so I think for brands, it's still quite a good place to play, and it allows you to leverage slightly higher price points uh, for the goods you're looking to sell than some of the other platforms where we'd recommend maybe starting with like a lower price point to engage your audience. So is it something? Do you think that both? small and large businesses can take advantage of is it, it, it what examples have you seen of, of big businesses doing it well or is this something more suited to the uh, as you say the lower price points maybe like people selling on etsy that are creating their own product to sell or where, where does it fit in i think definitely tiktok is probably a good place for either your big or small brands you've seen over the last two years that probably small brands have had quite a lot of success with something like tiktok because of the amount of trends and um, stuff like that going around and them just getting behind it and really going forward with that but like bigger brands like princess polly i don't know if you guys know it it's um a fashion retail brand in australia they have a huge presence on tiktok and through ads and stuff like that they've managed to see some really good returns i think if you look at the hashtag for like hashtag princess polly it's got like 200 and like 10 million views or something like that which is That's just cool crazy and that was only like last year so imagine how much it's probably grown since then no it's crazy it's crazy has anyone actually ever bought something on via via facebook like directly from facebook i'm sure we've all clicked on an ad and gone through and made a purchase do you know what sammy said this the other day she said she was on instagram and she saw an ad from like i think jd for a pair of like air force ones and she was just like she immediately just bought them and obviously she's part of our pay team right and she was like yeah. this is great targeting <laughs> she was like they knew exactly what i was after and she said i didn't even think about it i literally just paid for them 
I've favorites. definitely brought things as well off that. Like Instagram ads, I think, work slightly better for me, but it's that constant like retargeting. Um, oh, yeah. You see it enough in your feed, especially around Christmas time, like, uh, like with gifts. And I think Etsy actually do mention them earlier. They do a really good job. Um, and they definitely put their best selling products at the beginning. And when you constantly see that, I've definitely been influenced even. And I'm like, good job, good job, Alvin. You're, you know, successfully targeting me with the right type of products. My favorite story, we're going off piece here a little bit, but my favorite story of like targeting gone wrong or gone right, I don't know if it was depends <laughs> on whether it was intentional or not. So I was, I'm a fan of heavy metal. So I listen to a lot of, and I, I like a lot of heavy, heavy metal related stuff on Facebook. And I was once served an ad, we're going back quite a few years now. Uh, I was once served an ad that said, like metal, question mark, consider a career in welding. Which I thought was brilliant. Some 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 marketer oh somewhere has just put interest interest based targeting around metal, and <laughs> it's it's appeared to me. Everything I was, I'm hoping it was intentional. I'm hoping they sort of think, oh yeah, you know, heavy metal fans they like welding as well. But yeah, like, I mean, I've actually never. Don't think I've ever. I've come across as d despite how prevalent it is or it's becoming. I don't think I've ever become come across a a shoppable ad. As, as of yet maybe it's because i don't follow the right brands or you know like i'm not i'm not a huge tiktok user so i wouldn't necessarily tune into the live streams and whatnot that would have yeah. this aspect to them but i've I seen it but like i don't it sounds really silly but i just you know how apple pay some like when you pay with apple pay it's just so quick that sometimes i don't trust that a process to buy something to come to my door is going to be that quick and i just i don't understand like how it's Got to that level sometimes so I'm just that's like, interesting Phew. though like that there's a trust thing there isn't there like it's yes yeah. it's so new and i think apple pay initially was everyone was a bit skeptical about and now i don't think anyone could live without it or google pay for those that like my mum just discovered it it's very funny um like but yeah i think i mean i still would be fairly skeptical about conducting a transaction via via facebook or Instagram or whatever it might be. I don't know. There's something, there's something that yet, yeah, I mean, I'm in the industry, so I should trust it, but I still think I'd be fairly skeptical. What do you guys think? I think so because I've never bought anything from an ad. Like sometimes if I see ads, I'll actively go onto the website and have a look because I'm like, Oh, Gymshark, for example, have new leggings out. I will go have a look, but I, I know what you mean. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, when something's almost too easy that you're just, you don't trust it to be that easy. But I think that's just shown how far the like path of purchase has come from something like retail to buying online to then literally scrolling through an Instagram feed, knowing that I was looking at leggings 20 minutes ago and the same leggings have come up in an ad. Like it's just shown how, how short the path has come. And that seamless user journey is really playing off kind of the Amazon model, I guess, about just oh, making sure. it really, really easy. That kind of one click order in for you to see something, be inspired and it to be at your door the next day. Uh, personally, I love it. I understand that there are privacy concerns and especially if it's a brand you don't know. I think you can't just do a good ad. You need to have a good like website. You need to have a good social presence and you need to get that consumer trust um, that you're authentic and genuine and reputable. Um, but I think making that purchase really easy for consumers is quite exciting. How big a price point do you think we would go with buying something on Instagram or to Facebook? So my favourite thing that I was discussing with my friends the other day, um, how much they kind of buy things online through shoppable ads. And you know those books, it's like build your own adventures for like kids. 
one of my friends bought one after being targeted for ads for about three months, but she doesn't have any kids. She has a cat and it's making your own adventure about a cat. And she was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I spent about 20 pounds on. But obviously she watches a lot of Instagram reels about cats and she was consistently retargeted and retargeted and retargeted. And she's like, I'm just going to go for it. Clearly I need this in my life. And she's like, I've never spent money on something so bizarre that I have absolutely no need for in my day to day life. That was possibly my favourite purchase one of my friends has uh, made via social. Yeah. But it's weird, it's weird though, like we, we, I think we spoke about it briefly in our last podcast, like the, the, the idea, the, the price point of online purchasing is going up and up and up with things like Cinch and Zen um, car leasing and whatnot, the ability to purchase a car and have it delivered to you within two working days. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Like, it, it sort of boggles the mind. It depends on the, the context. So you, you've got different types of contexts. And it's, it's always worth thinking as a marketeer. So you've got the, the ads that are entertaining, humorous, sexy, whatever it is to, to get attention. And, and they're probably targeted people who aren't even in market, like the cat book. You know, they're, <laughs> just, they're just there and they, they tickle a fancy. The other part, which is the information type ads, which helps someone in the consideration set and they are probably quite useful um and the third which i don't even know if people think are ads they probably don't even consciously realize it but when you are actively looking for something and it just happens to be there you will read it because it's it's like let's say you've just bought a phone and you see an ad for that same phone you'll read every every feature on the ad of that phone because it, it reinforces why you made that decision or why you're going to make that decision. And I guess if you put, if you put ads in those three buckets, it, it helps define, you know, what, 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 what's the ad doing and, and where does social commerce play a role? Cause obviously in the first one, which is the entertainment one, it, it doesn't, but in the, in the second and third one, it can play a, a, a fundamental role. And with regards to the price point, if you are, um, on that side of buying a flight that might cost several hundred pound or, or the renting of a car or whatever, then if, if you are in, in seriously in that decision-making process, that's when the, that's when the um, price point can go up. Whereas the, the, the cat book will only be able to sell at a certain amount because it's a bit more of a point of purchase. It's an un, uninformed decision-making sort of impulsive decision. Yeah, do you think I that's think... where social commerce sits then really sort of at the moment anyway it might very well change but it, they're almost like the checkout purchases those last those last minute impulse buys i don't know i think with the advances that happen so quickly in like virtual reality and augmented reality uh social can really help play a role in people making decisions to purchase bigger price point items so we work with a lot of homeware brands and we've been kind of discussing with them, you know, using that technology to project what a sofa might look like in your living room or, you know, what a rug might look like on your dining room floor. And those are traditionally bigger price point purchasing that you'd want to see in a store and kind of measure the dimensions and think, oh, does that fit in with the colour scheme for my house? Maybe get a fabric sample of a new pair of curtains or something. But being able to project those into your room and actually visualise what that would look like in real time, I think is kind of bridging that gap and making people feel more comfortable to buy things they might not have previously considered from social media. 
Yeah, I know MAC Cosmetics did that, right? They did like a filter or something like that where you could try on like different shades of lipsticks. And I think there's there's been a few other beauty brands that do that. But I think like one of the biggest misconceptions of something like social commerce is that it takes away that kind of relatability of getting like service you would get in store and that it can't be personalized, but it it can in a way through ads um, and through stuff like what Victoria's talking about, like with AR and filters and stuff. I think if you're smart, the two can work hand in hand. Like, you know, if you, exactly. we were speaking before about the, you know, the possible impact of bricks and mortar stores that social commerce might have, but mm. you know, if you're smart, it can really complement. You can sort of, you, you grab, you, you take the bait from the hook on Facebook and you, and then you trap, then you, then you reeled in to the, to the store the next time you're passing because you were entertained or you were inspired on social media and then you walk past the store. And, you, and as long as that, in-store experience mirrors or is 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 similar in tone to the social experience then you know you've got you've got a shopper for life then something that apple do obviously very well uh, they mirror their mark their marketing is very much indicative of how their um store is laid out and the feeling that you get once you're in there whether you like them or not yeah, I think that's a really good point, Ali. And I think we were discussing the other day how obviously COVID and lockdowns really sped up social commerce um, and having that ability to have that experience you traditionally would have only had in store, uh, like Jazz trying on a shade of lipstick or something like, or a new foundation, but being able to do that virtually when stores are closed or it's more difficult for people to get to them if they live in more remote areas, it's just really important. And I think the two can complement each other. Um, we're often asked about kind of, from how the rise of social commerce impacts brick and mortar stores. And I just think they work in different ways and almost for your marketing strategy, you've got to consider both in tandem and not think of them as just kind of very separate spheres. You're listening to Talking Mighty, the social media podcast brought to you by Mighty Social. So we get asked a lot, or certainly I'm sure Jazz and Victoria, you get asked a lot working with as closely to clients as you do, what sort of tips you might have for a successful implementation of, of, a, of a social commerce strategy. What, what's, I mean, obviously there's no stock answer when it comes to social, or very, there's so many variables and so much dependent on, on each other, but what sort of tips would you give people that were quite keyed on implementing it? I would say think about your audience first. Um, so when you're thinking about what channel you want to explore for social commerce, think about where the audience you want to target are on. And it might be certain products um, are more appropriate for one channel than another channel. So we talked about Facebook earlier. That's maybe slightly more appropriate for um, the, an older audience, whereas TikTok, you know, if you're looking to target Generation Z, that's, that's the place to look for them. So yeah, I would say definitely audience first in terms of any social commerce strategy. And I would say influencers is something I know we've kind of spent a bit of time discussing previously, but they can be so important for social commerce. Um, and, you know, the amount of people that are influenced by people they're seeing on their feed. Um, I just think that's so important. Joel, do you think there'll ever become a time where some, we, we, you spoke earlier on about this sort of how you would define social commerce. And, you know, I think the way we define it is slightly different to how Facebook might define it. 
we sort of we define social as being is, is part of the whole the whole circle of, of e-commerce do you think there'll ever be a time where there is no place there's a no place for having a, an online presence like in terms of a web store uh, that, that people click through to or do you think it could all go come through the metaverse at one point well uh, what i was thought you might say is what would you think at one point there will, will, will not be social or will, will always have to be a social element um because actually i think digital and social from a user's point of view they they probably don't distinguish the difference between it. it's just it's just an online experience um the metaverse um well i i think it'd be I think it'd be hard for people if they end up living in a Ready Player One metaverse. To be honest, I think it would be wouldn't be great for cats. It wouldn't be good for children, and it wouldn't be good for us. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, the idea is interesting. I think brands need to explore it, maybe understand how it can help differentiate their brand and connect with customers. But uh, the, the concept of living in that world is is something that hopefully hopefully won't happening in a 24 7 way <laughs> we hope if well, it depends if mr zuckerberg has his way doesn't it um i'm actually i'm all in on it i, I love the idea of living in a ver in a space where i've got digital and mixing with with real life i love that idea that you can walk past a store this is what this is go back to what i was saying about you know how if if you're smart and you can evolve with the times you know, if there's a possibility that you can walk through, walk past the store, if you're in a rush or if you're on a bus, for example, going down Regent Street, and you can scan your phone on a shop window because you've just seen something you like on a mannequin or whatever it might be, and then make that purchase then and there while you're on the bus without actually having leave going into the store, but the store has inspired you to um, inspired you to do it. I think that's a that's that's a brilliant way to live, personally. <laughs> I know what you mean like stores have just become like concept stores I think are more the thing now especially for places like Oxford Street and Regent Street I think Gymshark imagine Gymshark has been online for so long and they've just secured a space I think on Oxford Street but it's a concept store so I don't even think they're going to be stocking all products it's where you can take classes you can meet PTs and I just think that that is it's like ASOS having a store in my mind could you ever imagine ASOS having a store you'd just be like no because they've always been online Amazon have stores. Amazon have stores now. Yeah, yeah Amazon have grocery stores. stores. They have one in E um, where you can go what get. Would you even stock in there? They also have hairdressers at the moment. They're really branching out into different industries. I went, yeah, they have now have Amazon hairdressers, which is just very corner in every marketplace, which obviously is one of the few experiences you can't get online. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you get a, a quicker appointment if you've got a Prime membership? You know what? Yeah. My friends and I were actually having that debate the other day. We're like, do we reckon we're oh, fine? We're gonna get a discount if we go to this hairdresser's. Um, unfortunately, none of us needed our haircuts, so we didn't find out the answer to that. But it was not advertised in their price list. For more on social commerce and shortening the path to purchase, check out our mighty blogs at mightysocial.tech/blog. So, what? Would you say that what what concerns do you think people have about ad adopting these the, these new technologies, this new way of the new way of shopping, this new way of selling? I definitely probably think the like reliability and authenticity. Like a lot of people think that, and it's definitely one of the things that I'm worried about is that when something is too easy, you just don't know if it's 
like a thing like if you buy tickets for a concert for example and they're like normally 100 pounds but you're paying 50 you're just like oh well is it, am I really gonna have tickets to this concert sort of thing so I think especially from smaller brands they don't probably have the established like customer service team and everything like that that would probably weigh a lot into someone's decision as to whether they purchase from a brand so like for example when Sammy purchased her trainers from JD JD is like a really big seller of trainers in this country so she's probably got no reason to like not trust them but you also get loads of like resellers on Instagram that have ads I know I get them all the time for trainers and they're stupid money but then you're just like well I've never bought from this brand before but I know I can't get these trainers anywhere else so am I gonna part with my money right here on this ad maybe but yeah I think it's definitely whether you know the brand or you don't know the brand definitely plays into a big part as to how much you trust the brand to then buy from something so quickly Mm. And what part do you think customer service plays in this world? A big part. I have so many Gymshark stories of like, cause yeah, if you guys can tell, I absolutely love Gymshark. Apparently one Black Friday, they had um, their website crashed and their CEO for like two months wrote hand notes to every single person that had an issue with um, their orders and everything and gave really? them like 10% off. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast when I had that story. I just thought that was ridiculous but again like most people will know like if I have a problem with an ASOS order I know that ASOS have a customer service team that I can say my parcel's not arrived or they've got tracking and shipping information but if I was to buy from even like a small seller on Etsy or like a small Instagram page odds are they're not a huge team and you don't know unless you like read reviews and you do your research and stuff sometimes you just don't know but I think that's why TikTok's such a great platform is because any like the small businesses I've seen on there, they make a real effort to advocate for the fact that they've had so many positive reviews and they've got such a great community and they really engage and listen to their community. And sometimes I think that can actually substitute for the fact that you may not have like a whole customer service department. Um, the fact that you could literally just go on their live stream if they're doing a live stream shopping and be like, oh, I haven't received my order. And they'll be like, I will look into it for you. And I think chatbots are really useful for brands as well. So I think we were discussing the other day how traditionally, if you wanted to buy like an electronic item stored, you might have a bunch of technical questions. And if there's maybe one person that's in charge of that in the store, you might have to queue up to get their expertise. Whereas, you know, hundreds of thousands of people using chatbots can ask the same questions at the same time, get their very personalized issues answered in real time and if brands do that well I think that can work hugely effectively to help personalize the experience and shout out to Etsy actually I have used their customer service team and they are very good at resolving any issues um, and I guess Etsy is that kind of nice mix of the bigger infrastructure but for smaller businesses so it's quite an interesting mix of those two worlds for me it's all about live chats like i'm like if mm. we obviously as an agency we use a lot of tools and nine, most days we might have a question about said tools and the fact that i can just log on and actually have just an instant message conversation with somebody and get a resolution within minutes whereas before i'd have to i remember i used, I used to a long time ago when i was in a, in a previous life I used to work for a bank and i remember working in customer service there and having to ring head office for advice and I would be on hold I'm a member of member of staff and I'd be on hold on the phone for sometimes 45 minutes trying to get through to somebody else in HQ to get an answer to a question and now the fact that we can get answers within minutes as or using chatbots or by having you know an actual human uh, behind the on, on the keyboard I think is it's 
the way it should be. And anyone that doesn't, any company that doesn't offer either, you know, instant message help, I think, you know, you, you're, you're missing, you're missing out. It reminds me, it was, it's kind of one of the hygiene factors of, of what is expected for a successful brand on social. It's, it was where, it was one of the reasons why companies like Dell and, and Salesforce and the rest actually started selling and using social because they wanted to differentiate their brand and show that there's a human connection, the human voice and have real conversations or whatever. It, it, was, it was only how it's morphed into where we're talking about today, social commerce, it, um, but it's applied that lovey-dovey brand favorability stuff to a, to a conversion. But, it, but I know we're talking about social commerce now, but it's absolutely relevant that the, some of the fundamentals that brands were playing with several years ago still exist. So they can still be that face of, of a brand that can be engaging, et cetera. And we just, we're just pulling them through the funnel. And, mm -hmm. and that's, why, that's why social commerce has expanded so much. And that's probably why Amazon has expanded so much, because Amazon, to some degree, is a social networking site where you have reviews and comments and, and, um, and questions. Um, it does a lot of that. It's a secondary part of the, 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 the platform, but it still does that. And that's what has created as much as it can do in a scalable way, some trust that when you do buy something, it's more likely to be a successful experience than a bad one. I think there's something very comforting about that, that the fundamentals of running a, a business, like a shopping business, a commerce business, is are the same now as it was 20 years ago before social media even existed get get the basics right get your customer service right show that you care and show that you listen and you'll go a long way and now we've just got the tools like facebook and tiktok and whatnot to be able to do that in a much more diverse and a much more personal way than we ever have done but we can do it on mass and i think it's amazing how many brands miss that and i think that's one of the things that we always say to, to new clients and to clients is when they say how can we improve i mean so we'll get the basics right start communicating you know, the algorithms are there now that favor engaging content and content that you want to engage, people want to engage with. So you need to get in there and drive it, uh, whether you're shopping or whether, whether your social media presence is there purely to sell product, you still need to be engaging and creating engaging ads and engaging content because the ad, the ad side of thing is just one side of the coin is that, you know, there's a whole other world there that shouldn't be ignored. Um, and it, this, as I said, I think it's very comforting that the principles are exactly the same, even though the technology has moved on, you know. Well, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Thank you all so much for joining me for this little chat about social commerce. I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, until next time, be sure to check out our website, mightysocial.tech, for any more information about social commerce or any other products that we, um, products and services that we offer. And be sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You've probably already done it because that's where you're listening to it now. But Joel, Victoria, Jazz, thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, thank Ali. Opinion. Insights. This is Talking Mighty, the social media podcast by Mighty Social. Visit our website at mightysocial.tech.